0: When someone asks us about our religious affiliation we will most likely tell them that we are Orthodox Christians or Greek Orthodox Christians. Perhaps we might even tell them the name of the parish that we attend. In today's Gospel lesson, Jesus challenges his followers to adopt an even more specific identity. He tells us that we are not simply Christians or mere orthodox Christians. He defines that further for us. He tells us that we are to be the light of the world. This statement that Christ makes that we are the light of the world explains to us that being a Christian is a lot more than attending church on Sunday morning. Certainly attending the divine services is part of what it means to live an Orthodox Christian life. However, when we leave from the divine services and we exit the church, our role as Orthodox Christians does not become dormant till the next time we come to church. During the rest of the week, we have yet another role that is perhaps even more important, to be a light. A light in a world which right now is darkened by uncertainty, hate, division, unrest, injustice, injustice, pain, and even death. The light of Christ, which we often receive, must be shared with the world. And Christ gives us two examples of what it means to be a light in the world. He tells us that a city on a hill cannot be hidden, In other words, a true Christian is like a city on a a hill. Our Christianity is visible for all to see. Secondly, Jesus tells us that we do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but we put it on a stand so that the whole house can be lit up. We aren't supposed to keep our Christianity, that is our light of Christ, hidden. We are supposed to show it forward. Let it shine bright. We are supposed to demonstrate it through works. We are supposed to talk about it and share it with other people. Christ encourages us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. The Christian life is not just about being good and doing good works. It is about being the light of Christ in the world. The good works we do should not end to themselves or a means to bring credit to ourselves. The good works should give glory to God and serve as a witness to Him. This is the ideal. If we recall our experience during the paschal vigils, we know that the church is completely darkened. All the lights and the candles are put out and we sit in total darkness. And the priest emerges from the holy altar with his candle lit, and it shines brightly. Where there is light, darkness cannot overtake it. All the darkness in the world cannot hide the brightness of that one light, that one candle. And then we start to light all the candles, and in seconds the church is filled with a bright glow that warms our hearts and our souls. It is as though it is a glow which foreshadows the resurrection which is coming. And the service concludes, and we may take this lit candle with us, but eventually we extinguish the physical flame which we received. However, we must remember that the light of Christ cannot be overcome by darkness and that we carry that light within us wherever it is that we go. It is not the physical candle that makes us to be a light, but Christ himself, the fire which burns in our hearts and our souls. Today's gospel is a reminder to keep that light strong and to share it. If your light is flickering, strengthen it at any time through prayer, worship, confession, and encouragement from other Christians. So let us use what is available to us to keep our lights burning strongly and brightly and let us share the light with others not only by what we say but most especially by what we do. Amen. I would like to take a moment to open my heart and share a few thoughts, as this is probably the last liturgy that I will be serving here at St. John's for the near future. As I transition to move back to New York to be closer to my beloved parents and my family, I wish to first thank God and his Eminence, our Metropolitan, for bestowing on me the blessing of serving in this metropolis and to serve by his side and to be imbued by his sterling example. And as a son bows his head before his father, I too bow my head in thanksgiving for the relationship that his Eminence And I have, and I thank God for that. St. John's has been a wonderful embrace for me to flee to many, many times. And I thank first and foremost, our chancellor and your priest, Father Ted, and each one of you for welcoming me into this beautiful church, hidden in the corner of Boston very quietly and yet very loudly proclaiming our Greek Orthodox faith. And I am thankful to God for the many services, the many vigils, the many liturgies that I was able to serve here. But even more, th- I am even more thankful for meeting each and every one of you, seeing people who are dedicated to perpetuating and passing on our wonderful Greek Orthodox faith to their children to their grandchildren and for keeping that light of Orthodoxy lit here for so many years. Again I thank you and as I transition I humbly ask for your prayers and I also unworthy as I am will always remember the beautiful St. John's parish parish in my prayers, wherever the church may lead me, and for the rest of my life. Thank
1: you. We welcome, many of our staff members from the metropolis of boston camp for the past two weeks these young staff members kept the doors of our camp virtually open because of the pandemic we were not able to hold our summer camp as normal to welcome hundreds of campers from throughout new england to our camp but because of father vionisios and mike Sintros, who is here with his wife kate and their family and our wonderful staff members, many of whom are here today and many, many other staff members that aren't here, we were able to continue to embrace our young people in a virtual MBC experience and we thank God for them and for the opportunity that God has given us. I especially want to thank Father Dionysios, who, as he just said this morning, will be returning to New York. He, Father Dionysios asked the blessings of Metropolitan Methodius to go home to New York in order to be with his parents in their uh, later years of life, and he received the blessing from our Metropolitan, and now that camp is over, he will be transitioning this next coming week back to New York. And so, Father Dionysius has become part of our family here at St. John's, worshiping with us whenever he was not traveling with the Metropolitan, and we will indeed miss him very much. But it's not his last liturgy. He will be back uh, many times, we pray, to continue to pray with us. But on behalf of His Eminence, Metropolitan Methodius, we thank Father Dionysius for his love and his dedication to our metropolis, serving as the archdeacon to our metropolitan and serving as the camp director and the director of ministries so on behalf of his eminence but on behalf of all of our staff and campers and families throughout the metropolis we pray that god will bless father Dionysius's ministry with faith with humility with patience and with love so that he will continue to serve christ and preach the gospel God bless you, Father Dionysios, and be with you. And we look forward to many more liturgies together here at St. John's. Have a beautiful day. Be safe. And as you come forth to receive the Andidro from Father Dionysios, we wish you a beautiful day. God bless you.